uh, how are the male's consciousness shaped by women then? Um, I mean, if a woman is, uh, uh, women, women look for markers that would uh, improve the probability of them and their babies to survive mm -hmm. uh, in men. And the best markers are, because I introduced already the, the hierarchy, is a high status position. Yeah. Because what, what a man, the best thing for any uh, social animal is to have social support. Yes. That is, that is, that is the meta, meta trait, let's say. You don't want money. You don't want uh, necessarily fame. Uh, you want to have uh, a, high, a good social network, a good social support. And support puts you there. And in terms of crisis, that means you have a higher probability to survive and to to uh, bring food home and whatever, right? So, so they don't necessarily want for these males. So they don't necessarily want the biggest, baddest motherfucker out there. They want the guy who no. has a bunch of big, bad motherfuckers who are on their teams and a bunch of guys and, who and, have and, more guys on their teams. Exactly. And now imagine who is that? Is that a bully, or right. is that somebody? Is that somebody who helps others? Welcome to the Furrowed Brow with Jeffrey Kipler. So good to finally meet you, man. Good to finally meet you too, man. Um, I mean, I saw your I saw your face last on on the, on your last episode. So oh yeah, you I guess the surprise is on your side now. <laughs> yeah, well, well... Yeah, you 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 look you look like a version. Uh, how 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 do these guys are called in in Game of Thrones? <laughs> Yeah, you know I, the tribe, the draconians, or something like that. Uh, Dothraki. Um, Dothraki. Ah, yeah, yes. I actually. Who's that guy who played? Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I get. I, I've gotten. So I used to play po poker full time for a while, and oh. I got um, told Jason Malmoa. I got told I looked yeah, like Jason exactly. Malmoa all you the do. time, um, which was quite the compliment considering how, how much so. of a sex symbol he is but you know i'm like okay guy and it was always like it was always like the 60 year old guys at the poker table who were telling me this um so but whatever man lucky. i'll take it <laughs> your wife seems to be lucky i would by my wife yeah i <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like to think she is. Some days she thinks uh, uh, sometimes less lucky than others, but you know, that's that's marriage. I would. Say. Yeah, that's marriage. I talk. What I'm going to try to do is to just ask you questions to prompt you to share things. I'll give some com color commentary. Um, you know, and we can have a back and forth discussion on whatever philosophical ideas we want to explore. And if you if you want to take the discussion other directions, you can ask me questions or you know just whatever. Um, sounds sounds like like the Greek idea of dialogos. Yes. So we are sharing or we are participating in a conversation in order to figure out something new, right? That that's so, exactly how I think of this podcast. And I, I mean, one of the right. things you, it hasn't been published yet, but in the, my last my last one with. Um, uh, was shaky. Uh, that, that was exactly what I said. It is why I was doing this. I had gotten so much out of these kind of podcasts where there's discussions between a, a couple of people where 
Um, you know, it, it, there was just, it was better. They, they've been better than, to me than lectures uh, or reading books uh, or anything where you just have the, the, the back and flow of ideas that you really learn from how people think about things from different perspectives. And it makes it uh, much more interesting uh, to integrate these ideas into my own thinking. And I, I wanted to be part of those conversations, right? Like that's uh, really the, the thrust of this podcast. Um, exactly. So, so I, I guess we are here on a very similar uh, line um, because fundamentally what I believe um, you do not want to represent your current existing beliefs, but rather update them further and further, right? To get yeah. even closer to the truth. And every dialogos is a process in that, right? So it, it, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the biggest, you know, it, it, the hubris of my youth, um, you know, is, is always something that's fun to, to contemplate. Um, not, I, I mean, I like to think that I'm, I'm much more, uh, that my thoughts are much more useful and likely to be useful to others than they used to be and less damaging. Um, where, uh, and it's, but I, there's a lot of things that it's not like I've, I feel like there's a few things that I feel like I was completely wrong about. It was the, that I hadn't integrated the ideas with other ideas that are out there. Um, that, you know, yep. what it is really kind of the process of developing a, a point of view and a worldview. So with it, with, with all of that said, let's, I mean, I'm going to take some of the stuff that we just talked about. It'll be spliced into the final, the final copy, but let's uh, just assume we're getting going here and, um, I guess we are already. Yeah, we are. So like, pa Patrick like. and I, you know, just as a quick introduction, Patrick and I met over Twitter. He goes by uh, the the digital shaman, formerly the digital monkey, uh, where he I I noticed him where he was participating in conversations in what I would call Taleb Twitter. Uh, Nassem Taleb uh, kind of circling around Paul Portesi, who's a big favorite of mine. Uh, ah, yes. Yeah. And he and uh, we started conversations about various topics, uh, uh, philosophical topics. Um, and I actually don't even remember which ones we started with, but it has, you know, some of them that will, which I'm sure we'll touch on today. Um, but I, I want to, he has a sub stack that where he shares his art and philosophical writings, specifically his art is this, this kind of minimalistic style ways of visually expressing pithy philosophical ideas. Um, and that, that's kind of, I mean, I think one of the things I told you very early on is I thought you should make a book of these things and, and publish. I, 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 I always start and never end. So, yeah. so I guess <laughs> discipline is, 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 uh, is lacking in a way. But you we, and me we both, brother. Yeah, yeah, we were definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I want to, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing for the fences right away, uh, and ask you, what is true, and how can myths be true? All right. Um, I mean, you told uh, something about hubris just a second before, and and I came from a hyper hubris background, so. I'm a scientist, as you know, I have a PhD mm -hmm. in chemistry, so I was a dead, uh, uh, dead end uh, materialist, let's say. Yes. I always thought the, the last things are the atoms, or, or you can even split them 
closer right into electrons and quarks or whatever. Yep. Uh, but I think if you understood the laws of these things, uh, you will know anything. Mm, and I come so from the science. same background. It's this reductionist, materialist exactly. view of the world. Exactly. And uh, that was, that was uh, it limited me essentially. And I realized that in a, in a psychedelic horror trip, funny, it is said, uh, uh, wisdom, wisdom uh, comes through fear of God, something mm -hmm. like that. And so the horror trip basically revivified my belief uh, in, in or my faith in, in, in supernatural something. My, uh, what what were nothing. you taking? Uh, mushrooms, basically. Mushrooms, and, okay. and in a very, very uh, hubristic way, right? So you're supposed to do that in uh, in a way somebody is, is is not taking these substances right and taking care of your mood or whatever right so the setting stuff and i said no just take it with us and then i took more than i wanted initially so hubris yeah. definitely and what i realized um is that over a long process right so the integration took me like three years i would say um is that we built frames and we see the world through these frames and some serve better than others. And once you understand that you can quest, you can ask the question of pragmatic truth from beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was my, my uh, initial journey to, to religion, let's say. Um, and so. And uh, how do you yeah. think, what do you mean by pragmatic, pragmatic truth versus uh, a more common definition of uh, in the West of, of what truth is? So the so the 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 scientific uh, let's let's start with that the scientific definition would be a propositional one right you make logical claims and uh, rational rational claims. Um, however, there are of course behavioral guidances, right? Um, I mean, Taleb makes a lot of examples in his book. I would say uh, when you should rather ask your grandmother about how to survive something like that. Uh, because she did actually survive. So you don't right. need any scientific explanation when you can have experiential explanations. Um, and this is particularly true. Uh, I, I, and I think where, where the science uh, must break down is in complex systems, mm -hmm. uh, where you have many, many interdependent uh, factors, uh, causality heights. And, and that means that... Um, it is better to, to uh, look how people uh, have treated that complex patterns, but not coming up with an explanation how and why these things work. And um, one, I, I, I might come up with an example, I would say. Um, one, one would be, um, so my, my current job is basically uh, a football soccer scouting. Mm -hmm. And we have a scientific uh, method of, of rating players. It's very close yeah. to plus minus plus minus scoring in basketball. Yeah. Uh, I guess some people might be familiar with that. And when you play complex sport, there are many different interactions. And now you could have an action of a player which looks spectacular, but you don't really know if this action actually tells something about the goodness of the player. And goodness would mean here... Um, Goodness would mean to improve uh, or to raise the probability to win the game. Mm -hmm. 
And there are so many factors that rationality cannot figure out why this is. And so you regress to pragmatic knowledge. I guess that was very abstract. No, no, no. Well, these are abstract topics. So I think that would, that would, I mean, and the thing I realized about discussing these sort of topics and coming to a realization about them is that you have to approach them in many different ways. They have to be discussed from different angles to allow somebody to see how it might integrate into their own way of thinking. I mean, so I'll, I'll take what you said a, a little bit uh, in a little bit different direction um, because I, I also was, it was between Taleb and Jordan Peterson that I came to very similar realizations that, uh, that you're talking about in that like the survivability of ideas um, is what makes them true. And I talked about this on the podcast with Shaky is that in order for something to be true, like in truth, truth requires someone believing it. Like it, it, the, the act of believing is part of truth. So somebody has to be around to believe it for something to be true in, in many ways. It's like it's like the problem of a, a, a tree falling in the woods doesn't make a sound. Well, the idea of sound is the is the incorporation of something that the sensory perception of something. It's not it's not just a a independent physical phenomenon. Is is kind of like I think what that 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 question points to, and I think the same goes for truth. I think the same goes for morality, and I think that and because it's. It's we're all like these animals that are trying to get from point A to point B. And the thing that allows us to get from point A to point B becomes true at a certain level of granularity, right? And then, and then if enough people believe, if it's helpful enough for enough people from getting to whatever point A to point B that they're working on, then it becomes a, you know, a generally accepted truth. So to speak. Exactly. I mean, and, and it becomes it becomes materialistic because it will be encoded into the genes through the evolutionary process. So right. So the ideas which you embody in a sense, right? They will be incorporated into genetic material over right. a large time span. That doesn't mean that you will have end up with one yes. one type of solution, right? And this this that, this is yeah. something that I call that I, I conceptualize as epigenetics. Um, it's, uh, I actually have on the board behind me, I'm trying to outline oh, this that, process. Epi, epigenetics is a, it, a hellhole. <laughs> well, it's epigen, so my, so my wife is a geneticist and she works specifically on epigenetic processes. And like, we were yep. talking about them and I don't really understand them at the genetic level beyond a very, um, very high level cursory, understand yeah. right but what i did get out of it is that there are ways in which the the machinery that express dna and say how dna is going to be activated and exactly. produces effects that uh, that are conditional on the environment that get passed down and uh, and transported through you know cell splitting or reproduction or, or what have you yeah. and that the environment itself through, uh, through provides a feedback loop to, as you were saying, the physical materials. But it also is doing at the same the same time from 
ideas that people have, which is how in some ways these things, I think, believe get encoded into, you know, the, the material world, so to speak, was, uh, as you were suggesting. And there's just a feedback and interplay between the two where the ideas yep. affect the material and the material affect the ideas. And yes. then whatever other, you know, environment that those things become fit for over time yep. that we may or may not be able to predict helps determine the outcome of both, which is probably I, the most I, articulate that I've ever put any of these things. No, there's, no, there. it's, no, it's great. I, I, let me, let me say something very radically to do for the, for this, uh, uh, let's say beginning part of the podcast um, that what you were talking about the spirit and the matter right in a, in mm -hmm. a sense idea idea and the genetic uh, independent of its genetic or epigenetic we might talk yeah. about that later and that is the the main idea why all religions um, or or to put it differently why God had to be uh, become man in Jesus Christ that is exactly the same idea because spirit god became matter man mm -hmm. that is the, the 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 root of of religious thinking where both things basically match but uh that was a very very uh uh long-term conclusion from my side um but but I really do believe, um, and I think this that, is that's the same conclusion that Jonathan Pagow. I'm not sure if I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I guess he so. goes down. He goes down that route, so. route also. I haven't completely wrapped my head around that one, but I understand it directionally. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Jonathan seems to be. He seems to 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 synthesize religion and science. That is that is how I I see him. Yeah. Um, and he sits between Jordan Peterson, let's say, and John Vervecki. I don't know if you're familiar. I don't know with John Vervecki. Oh man, I, I'm listening to his meaning awakening from the meaning crisis lectures. That's oh, I've heard that, I've heard that that it's title insane. before. Yeah. Oh man, that 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 is that is so 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 insane what he's talking about, um, and so. What all, all these guys we just talked about pointing to is that, and, and this is my background as well, we have to have epistemological limits, meaning we cannot, well, we have to ask what can we know and what can we not know and what can we do about what yeah. we cannot know. Yes. And yes. once you have understood this, this is like the opening door for at least religion to, to enter the conversation. And this is very relevant to our current time, I would say. I, I, I yes, I agree. They, they, I think one of the realizations that I had is like, if we go back from the trying to get from point A to point B and the thing being useful is that we- in It's that, true enough. It's true it's, enough. It's, true enough. It's, it, it's as true as anything. And we, and our, for whatever reason that I don't necessarily understand, but I think it's almost necessarily true that the human animal is one that has religious experiences and will experience that is, the world perfect evidence for that no, in, in mystical spiritual unexplainable fantastical ways unexplainable at least at this point in a material sense and because of that it, it it's true it's it, it is in that in experiencing it in the way that you you act as though it is true is useful and yeah. not doing so 
becomes detrimental is, is, is where I'm personally at at those things, which is, it's, yeah. it's, it harkens back to a discussion that I, I haven't listened to, but I'm aware of between Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson, where Jordan Peterson yeah. expresses this a similar kind of idea like that. And Sam yeah. Harris treats it as a, like a gotcha moment where like, yeah. you know, you just admitted that it's not really true, but it's like, yeah. you're not operating on the right, you know, no. yeah. <laughs> you know what Sam Harris, that, that's why John Verrecki is the better cognitive scientist. Definitely. You must watch him. But yeah. anyway, what, what, what uh, Sam Harris fails to do is to uh, have a meta meta view on these things. I would right. say they don't talk on the same uh, level and and Harris seems to not be willing to go there. Well, that is because his entire worldview falls apart as soon as he does. It's the same exactly. problem Dawkins has. Exactly, and this this is the left hemisphere. Ian uh, McGilchrist talks about that. That is the obsession by the left hemisphere to make the frame the world, yeah. right? To come from theory and apply theory always on the world. And not be willing to sacrifice, to speak religiously, that frame you apply on the world. Yeah. Verveki is uh, really now enlightening me because he does this cognitive science, but 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 uh, in, integrates the 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 meaning instinct, the religious instinct, into his thinking. And uh, so so. Uh, just a recommendation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly, I'm going to go and like go down that rabbit hole, like. Sure. right after we get done with this because that that sounds perfect um so how so uh, give this the second part of the question i feel like we've done a reasonably good thing about religions uh, you know what is truth and even what, how religions being you know truth and like could you walk us through a little bit more on how myths can be true themselves like and how that it might have been of uh, uh, how these things might have evolved um in the frame that we were that we were talking about yeah so one thing i would say you don't see the world uh, as uh, objective that's the first thing you see it as a i think peterson says as a story uh and and i think that's true i think we don't see the world uh, in an objective manner, even though we can apply science, right? That is yeah. that is another issue of itself. But we see it as a narrative. We so this is this is how our perception of the reality uh, is uh, burned into our our brain through evolutionary processes. Mm -hmm. um, and this is this is I, I assume because the cognitive layer from the brain didn't evolve for uh, logical thinking, which many, right. many people think it evolved for social reasons. Right. Because the cognitive layer correlates extremely well. So the size of the cognitive uh, layer correlates extremely well with the number of uh, uh, tribe members. And for humans, that number is something like 150. It's mm -hmm. called Dumber number. It's very interesting. Yep. And so... So uh, evolution had an incentive to produce cognitive beings in order to understand the social landscape better. And therefore, the cognitive layer is a narrative. Mm -hmm. So that, that is the first thing. And now if you accept that as our, our, our first perception, first experience of the world, um, you might ask, okay, are there some narratives that are more true than others? 
that would bring us maybe back to the pragmatic aspect. And if you do that over a long time span, you will basically uh, have an evolution of stories. And the ones that survive again the longest might be considered as true. And I even think since human uh, behavior is always quite similar, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the tribes, they will come up with the, 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 the interplaying patterns between the people and the description, the narrative description of these patterns will basically be a myth. Yes. Yeah. By so the way, myth, myth, myth means uh, mythos, so a uh, story of the gods. Mm -hmm. that is, it's not an illusion like we we now understand it so the the story the stories of the gods the myths are these patterns that are common among a people and they, they're the things that like just behavioral patterns that you want to pass down or do get passed down from one generation to another and then what we end up discovering is that among peoples that there are many overlapping behavioral patterns. I mean, obviously there are variations of mythologies, but we all know like almost every mythology contains a, it's pretty bad to kill your own people clause, right? Like women yeah. and children are important clause, right? Like, is, yeah. you know, and, and That's, the, the last one you mentioned, I think is the one why I believe the West will uh, die because it doesn't worship uh, Holy Maria, right? Uh, Holy, Holy Mary. That is, that is, but we yeah. can go into the, de de uh, the developmental reasons for that. Um, but um, yeah. Well, let me, let me ask, let me bring this in a direction where uh, I think we're, we'll start approaching that because I definitely have that as a topic that I want to get into with you. Um, where, you know, this, you know, we, we I've read that since the Enlightenment, we have been moving in a material reductionist point of view. Um, I, I think Stephen Patterson, I believe, makes this point that like the Enlightenment wasn't really the Enlightenment. It was more the entering into a dark age uh, where we lost our ability to think in the way that you and I are discussing. Um, and that in the modern era, it, it, comes about in what we would call i think is the, the postmodernist uh, uh oh, you know, where, oh yeah <laughs> where the postmodernist is my understanding and you know i haven't read this stuff in detail but again i become aware of it through a lot of you know uh watching of, of podcasts where these things get discussed but the po those postmodernists posit that there is an infinite number of interpretations which is correct which is correct which, which is, is correct. correct but yeah. what's the but then the but is not all interpretations are equally good. Equally and, good and, or and useful, right? Exactly. Use, yes, and, and now we have to define good, right? But, but yeah. useful useful uh, will make it, right, in, in terms of survival, let's say. Fit, I, if um, you want to get technical, it's a fitness. You're, how fit you are for the current environment and yeah. uh, when those things get into the future, the future environments. But yeah, you know, the, the we problem, can say useful problem, or good is a... Is a the problem by the postmodernists, they would even now uh, deconstruct these terms, mm. right? And, 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 and I think they will do it forever. So you can never yeah. find an argument. And one rule in, in, in psycho, uh, psychoanalytic thinking from Jung, I would say, is that um, 
if you don't know why somebody is doing it, look at the consequences and infer the motivation. Yes. And if you do that, they want to play the power game. And I, I think that's the Peterson's argument later on, narcissistic power, uh, whatever thinking. Right. And I think that's right. And I think, um, yeah, but... but uh, well, if there are an infinite... It, it, it logically stems from if there are an infinite number of interpretations that are all equally correct so to speak then it becomes a game of power of whose becomes reality and that you can institute and impose your own your own realities which is i really that this is where i think that the communists and like the postmodernists and the, the intersexualists they they yeah. they sincerely believe these things and they try to do it <laughs> that is that is true um, and 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 one myth which pops up always in my mind is uh, when when we talk about postmodernism is the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Um, because Babel Babel means in German. So so uh, to your listeners, I'm from Germany. Uh, we, we might talk about the ideological possessions of of Germans, but uh, maybe later. Uh, Babel Babel means to uh, babies do Babel, so they mm. they uh, they they don't speak a language. It is yeah. not uh, and and. Then I think the, the solution to that problem is you have to ask for what reasons does language exist? And language evolved from music, first, first thing, um, but it evolved in order to have a common understanding, right? not one in which the individual determines the understanding. And I think that here is the key to solve the postmodern problem. Yeah, I uh, one of the things that I say repeatedly about the postmodern view, uh, you, you know, you think that like the trans movement, for example, you know, and the pronouns thing, like it's like your identity isn't your identity. Your identity is a negotiation between yourself and everybody else around you. Yep. You know, it's so and, and that's what language is supposed to do is come up with a common understanding when you're taking the position that you're able to force somebody else to view some yourself or anything in a way that doesn't work for them, then you're, you're, you're acting as a tyrant for one. And, and two, you're, you're breaking down that, that societal societal agreement. And because all societies are based upon common understandings. And, and now like, you could apply Lindy, Lindy argumentation for why you don't, mix these common understandings too much right you right. Con- should be conservative with idea progression let's say especially mass idea progressions and because How just like the organized story, society right? and just like the story of babel like as soon as somebody starts changing the goalposts of language all the time and changing the meanings of things all the time people stop being able to communicate you stop being able to work together and it becomes nonsensical you know and then god scattered uh, people all over the earth and gave them different yes. languages right but you know the initial reason is because people aspire to become god mm. and that so that is why why god scattered them and and that is why why you need just out of uh, out of the humble spirit let's say a kind of like a metaphysical belief i don't say you need a, a thing like god or a being like, like a being but you need a metaphysical uh, something right and the and and i would go back to the postmodernists and the the people who are 
believing that all truths are equal are essentially trying to play God. They are not accepting that some truths are more useful uh, and, and aligned with God, so to speak, than others. And that's the hubris of the whole thing. They're trying to engineer yeah. the world and think that they have the capacity and ability to do so. And that's where I think they get uh, we're going to get bit in the ass or are getting bit in the ass over yeah. all this shit. And, 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 you know, I think that is that is if you would describe uh, myself, like my 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 uh, my experience also with the psychedelics. I have been a communist. I have I, been in, in this. I've been ideologically possessed. I, yeah. I've been there. I've oh, man, myself as well. I mean, I wouldn't have called yeah, myself yeah, yeah. a communist, but it was close enough. <laughs> close enough. Um, and I know it didn't It didn't help me. It didn't help the people around me. Right. Um, so I made, made the phenomena, so the, I made the phenomena, right? The, the, the subjective experience of someone, I made this bad. And why, why do we uh, think the objective world is more valid than the, than the, uh, I mean the, the, this 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 inner experience you have of mm -hmm. things, right? Um, so uh, I wasn't, uh, yeah. But but again, I can understand this this uh, possession. But I think we might solve it because I, I let's say the the, the gender identity uh, problems. Um, so I think what is there is a terminal uh, a problem with the terms because gender identity is not just male and female gender identity describes that um and there is a true but we we need to to shift the terms that let's say you and i are male right and i like to think um, so i yeah i i i i agree on that definitely um but you can have feminine traits that wouldn't make you a female so yeah, right I, mean, I, mean, I think every man and every woman has masculine exactly. and feminine traits that's why you know buddha by the way buddha was uh, enlightened because he integrated female and male parts but that's that's a symbolic reading of that but we uh, therefore confuse gender identity actually with personality traits yeah temperament yeah, yeah. And we shouldn't take this gender identity completely down into uh, uh, the biological stuff and therefore say there is no male and female at all, right? And, and I, that, that's why I think it's a problem of terms. But again, we are here in the, in well, the, in the Tower of Babel phenomenon. Yeah. No. I, I, you know, it, it's male and female, masculine and feminine are we are confusing in many ways through this term of quality or equivalency of value, something that should be looked at in terms of being complementary, where both things are required in order for the world to go on and, and life yeah. to be good, uh, but they yeah. are not the same and one cannot become the other, yep. <laughs> uh, so to speak. Um, yes. so you, can, you can have behavioral traits that are more... I like to dance. I like to sing. I would say that is associated more with the feminine part, right? Yeah. But that doesn't make me a female in that. And 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 I think that is 
why people they don't talk about the same things i i would say right? oh no and i and i i i believe it seems to me that these these terms are either being purposefully confused where you know like you were saying about language you have to come to agreement of what the words mean in order to have a discussion and when when things uh are slide and have moving goal posts and like at one point it's genders mean sex and the other time it means masculine and feminine it, it makes it impossible to have a, a, an understanding that comes from a commonality, you know, let yeah. alone, even as you try to establish those terms, if you don't use them correctly, so to speak, you become an evil person, which is just yeah. the most <laughs> noxious that's why, that's part why, of this whole thing. I mean, I mean, the best analyst of, of uh, ideology was probably Nietzsche. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, read his uh, essay on tarantulas. Uh, he describes people who want to take revenge as a tarantula. Mm -hmm. um, and and these, he, he calls that uh, preachers of equality. Mm -hmm. And uh, in their heart actually sits revenge. So again, the power motive. Yeah. And I, I can understand that in myself because I've been there and I understood why did I have this psychological uh, fixation? Jung, uh, that, that is a Freudian term. Why did I have this fixation? Um, and why did I see the world in that sense? I, I understand my, that, that, that it had to do with my relationship with my father, blah, blah, blah. Um, but fundamentally, I transcended if I take responsibility for the stuff I can change and not uh, blaming the entire world uh, for not pleasing me. Yeah. Right? And I and my understanding of Nietzsche is that that's exactly that you have the master uh, moralities and the slave moralities where um, the, the slave morality is those who want to blame the world for where they are and they, and and, and um, their condition in the world where you in the master morality is saying like I am responsible for my own fate and that what we've what we've seems to have happened in modernity right now is that the slave morality has been put up on a pedestal um, yep. and that the bigger victim you are the better person you are because you've endured more and you deserve yep. more or what happened yep. so you have this strange battle going on right now where yep. even the most privileged people and you see this with like you know some of the media personalities that are out there that come from these unbelievably like you know privileged background like Taylor Lorenz or something. It's like your parents were rich, your grandparents were rich, and like, but yeah. you're like, you play this victim card all of a sudden, like, and and and, and they get pats on the back of it over it. It's in sentence from an iPhone. Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Down with capitalism sent from an iPhone. Yeah, sent from an iPhone. And by the way, like your parents have given you every cushion in the world. Like I, you know, but you <laughs> I know, didn't come from is, a poor background. Um, you know, that is, that, that is, that is, uh, we, we, we started talking about psychological development. And one thing every culture in earlier times had was initiation rights. Um, yeah. especially for men we can talk about women in a, in a second but let's talk about men they were usually initiated in the, into the tr manhood with yep. 18 20 16 different different ages yep. Uh, yep. and they were scared to death 
which happened by basically in my horror trip right so yeah <laughs> um and uh, or worse than death it was worse than death but anyway um and from that on they understand that um i cannot be uh, uh, safe anymore just by my parents and I yeah. need to grow I need to become mature and we lack these initiation rights and so people become uh, biologically mature right with 30 yeah. 25 but not psychologically mature because it's uh, for that you need initiation the shamanic initiation especially and we lack that and it seems to play out that victimization is is what 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 is the 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 sickness of that spirit i would say yeah yeah i mean i i didn't i did per, on a personal note i didn't feel like a man until like i was in my late 20s after my mother died and i was the only you know i was essentially the only one taking care of anything and you know having to put all of that trauma. on the trauma the, the, the trauma the of it for sure anti-fragility um, another word from talib trauma is actually yeah. something that that allows you to grow right so it's it's an invitation and not not something uh, you should discard and 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 assume that reality is only uh, oppressive or whatever it's yeah yeah for, for sure so there was another um substack that you wrote uh, the evolution and the differences since we're kind of in this area evolution and the differences oh, women, between yes. men and women and yep. um uh, two particular ideas that you put forth uh that i'd love you to get into and talk about because i this is i think something that is lost when we you know because i was i was grown up being told that men and women were the same right like they're, they're equal you know women can do everything men can do and besides make babies men can do everything women can do they're yes. even confusing that these days but um and i, I and i i think it, it i don't think that that's true at least to a degree of points of emphasis so you so one second one second the, okay. the males yeah. the male's consciousness is shaped by women and women's consciousness yeah. is shaped by babies please yes let me let me uh, say one more thing about about your comment uh, that men and women are not equal uh, i would say you can have a, a woman an individual woman who will be uh, very close to stereotypical behavior of a man and you can have a yeah. woman who have so and so every individual should have the maximum the, the the ultimate freedom to to act as he he pleases right um in a in a sense uh, which is but without uh so there are constraints by society obviously but uh i don't say that a woman shouldn't be a ceo or whatever so if she has that that uh, temperament we talked about she should go for a ceo that that is the the luxury of free society um but but the if you if you have a statistical analysis women and uh, men will differ in a lot of things and that goes back to something you just referred i wrote um which is let's start with the women um women's consciousness is shaped by babies um i really do believe uh or, or there is this theory in biology which is called reproductive uh, costs so how much do you have to spend in terms of nurturing, caring, um, bringing food, whatever, 
um, uh, in, in biology. Um, and, and that correlates a lot with uh, the vulnerability of the infants, let's say. So if the infant is vulnerable, let's say, uh, a human for almost 20 years, you need to spend as a parent a lot of time and, and nurture and whatever. And for female, the first two years or even three years, which are, which are very crucial, a mother has to give like everything. She doesn't even exist by herself. Like really, her brain has to extend onto another body. So I think over a long time span, that shapes basically the psyche of the woman. Mm -hmm. Now the great but, now you could say, yeah, the women, again, we have to carry whatever. Yeah, but the woman, because she has such high costs, has an evolutionary, a, a, a trick by evolution, uh, because she becomes the uh, selective species. Yeah. The, because always in biology, the species that, that has the highest costs also selects the uh, other sex, let's say. So she has the capability to pick up on certain traits. And, and therefore, this, she shapes the man. And this is females are the most important drivers of eugenics there are exactly. out there. They're the oh, ones yes. choosing the development of the species. Yes, I mean, there are... Or the, the, the development the, the, of their the, family line. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, 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 but but the uh, hierarchy of men it is context dependent, mm -hmm. and that is that is something uh, hard to understand. Uh, but let's let's imagine you are in a desert, and you have a tribe in the desert. Your uh, hierarchy uh, of men will uh, form under very different conditions uh, if you are next to a river and uh, there are fruits everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, because survival conditions are completely different and therefore tribes uh, in, in desert will probably, that, that is a speculation, I haven't read anything, but I would assume they would be more competitive, something like that. Um, we, we could make an argument about religious and Islam and, and whatever now, but we don't have to go there. Um, but yeah, women shape, women shape this, this hierarchy, definitely. They pick the males from the top because they want, obviously somebody to survive, right? Their babies to survive. Mm -hmm. And how and how do, uh, how are the male's consciousness shaped by women then? Um, I mean, if a woman is, uh, women, women look for markers that would uh, improve the probability of them and their babies to survive mm -hmm. uh, in men. And the best markers are, because I introduced already the, the hierarchy, is a high status position. Yeah. Because what, what a man, the best thing for any uh, social animal is to have social support. Yes. That is, that is, that is the meta, meta trait, let's say. You don't want money. You don't want uh, necessarily fame. Uh, you want to have, uh, a high, a good social network, a good social support, and support puts you there. And in terms of crisis, that means you have a higher probability to survive and to to uh, bring food home and whatever, right? So, so they don't necessarily want for these males. So they don't necessarily want the biggest, baddest motherfucker out there. They want the guy who no. has a bunch of big, bad motherfuckers who are on their teams, and a bunch of guys and, who and, have more guys on their teams. 
exactly and now imagine who is that is that a bully or right. is that somebody is that somebody who helps others yes oh it's, it's, it's obviously the, the person, person who looks after who creates exactly. a network where they're looking after each other's interests exactly and that is the hero spirit every male should <laughs> should integrate into his life oh that's fascinating in a very different in a very different manner your hero is different than mine i tell you my hero is uh, it's a very crazy guy it has probably archetypes of steve jobs jordan peterson michael jordan that are my like my the top three heroes um and your top three heroes might be completely different people right but you but you are it is very uh, interesting an amalgam the, the hero's journey is almost always you're you're going to fight a dragon for the benefit of the community. Yep. Right. It's not uh, my, my second name. My second name. My second name, Jeff, is George. And mm -hmm. Saint George in the dragons is the oldest myth we know. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jordan Jordan Peterson has a bunch of good discussions about how, at least in the West, the dragons represent chaos, and the hero's journey is to go to fight the chaos that is out beyond the walls of the community and, you know, come back, you know, and, and be the hero. And like, the, the, but the dragon really represents the chaotic unknown that you have to integrate into your understanding of the world. That is the, the capacity to confront the unknown, right? To I, respond to reality and not to, to uh, be a victim of, right? So transcending right. These, these things and confront this. And, and, and the dragon, that is another very interesting thing. Look, the dragon is an amalgam of our evolutionary threats. We as primates hate uh, the, the, the big cats. Um, we hate fly, uh, praying birds. And we hate snakes. snakes. Yeah, all that is put together into a dragon symbolically yeah. over probably I don't know a million years. I would say right, right. And it, it, this is not true. This is not true. I would say this is more true than anything we know, yeah, because I mean, it's the oldest representation. The oldest is probably black and white yin yang, but directly behind that comes the the dragon. And it. It's true in the sense that if you can integrate it and understand it and act as if you are the person defeating these dragons and doing these things, your life gets better. You will get the princess, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's right. Yeah. So, and, and, and people have a hard time to believe that because we are so stuck in that logical, propositional uh, understanding and, and definition of truth. And not the behavioral, because that is all behavioral. And I would say behavioral is more important than, than, than propositional. The propositional allows you to have power, right? The science gives us power. Uh, but we don't know if that uh, won't turn against us, right? I mean, we have uh, weapons of mass destruction as a product of science. Mm -hmm. We don't know if we will handle them properly. Yeah. And then we had like 500 years of science against a million years uh, with mythology um you can you can think for yourself it, what is more true then yeah <laughs> absolutely and it's like but yeah. at the same time all we we know because of historical records religion and mythology 
changes over time. We are integrating, and, and, and that to me is the evidence of men integrating these beliefs into new understandings and learnings of the world. Yeah. Like these, it, it, it's not as though these things remain static or uh, over time, but you, but it's not as if you can cast them aside whole cloth. Like, I think there's very good reason to think that, you know, we don't have to be as worried about shellfish and pork as the Bible suggests these days. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe there's like this detail in shellfish and pork I don't understand. Um, I can imagine that there are reasons for having an orthodox uh, diet. Definitely. Uh, Talib is on, on one. Um, but yeah, for, for reasons we don't understand again. But you know, you are right. The myths change. The theology changes. Because what the West has, for example, figured out that, and that is the, the meaning of Israel, it is to bargain with reality, to bargain with, bargain with, with God. God. Yes. This is, this is an entirely new thing, right? And from that, ironically, science emerges because science is in a way also bargaining with god but we forgot where it actually came from it came from a metaphysical idea first yeah all right so i've got i'm going to bring us back to the materialism and reductionism uh, uh line of thinking um And I'm just going to read a quotation from one of your uh, writings that I, I found uh, captivating. Um, but Carl Jung uh, said it might be a dangerous thing for a Western person to neglect his own cultural heritage and seek refuge in another spiritual tra tradition. I don't know the specific reasons for his claims, but maybe Jung thought that for your true self has always been an element of the culture you grew up in. You are indeed a social function and therefore inseparable from the foundations of your society. So for him to escape from the confrontation with your own inborn values, it might be considered a psychological exodus. Nevertheless, he knew man must come back and rescue his forgotten father from the belly of the whale, uh, so to speak, mytholo mythologically. And I'll just add the one comment here that what this reminds me of and what is that there's that when you go against your culture, and if we assume truth, so to speak, in the way that we were talking about can be found in many different religions and many different cultures, that abandoning your own culture is a, a, a way of looking into it is a form of, of, of being, I'm not getting the right word, a rebel, of being a deserter, of like, you know, um, being a traitor in a way. And there's, there's Definitely. something sinful about that in and of itself. So anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I really think that the initiation in, in, in shamanic rites is in order to introduce you to the tribe. And in order to do that, you need to accept the tribal code. Otherwise you are not a really, uh, a member of the tribe and only the tribe, the tribe can only survive if all members actually participate in it. Now that brings the problem of tribalism which is horrible, yeah. but therefore the shamans meet the shamans. Now, now that is what shamans do. <laughs> shaman from tribe A and shaman from tribe B meet and talk. Oh, we, you, your culture is like that. Ours like this. If we will trade, we will probably have to integrate a common version, right? Mm -hmm. So you can merge them under a completely novel idea. 
And this is what shamans do. So, and this happened exactly like, let's say it was 5000 BC uh, when the Mesopotamians uh, tribes merged into the, the, the first cities, let's say Uruk and I don't know the other names. I'm, I'm horrible with details. This is the um, Mar Marduk and Tiamat. Yeah, now we correctly. come to Marduk, right? We come now mm -hmm. to Marduk, which is the, 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 the foundation of the Western myths. Um, and so what they come up with is the story is so great of Marduk. You're familiar with it. I, 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 again, Jordan Peterson. I, I listened to a lot of Man, his stuff. This story, look, you have the idea that there are different gods, right? Mm -hmm. Different gods. And now a monster pops up, right? A monster and nobody of these gods can address that monster it pops up from the, the sea again right all this 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 symbolical uh reading here but the gods now say oh what what do we do we we will lose oh we have to find a new god and what kind of properties does this god have um uh well this is then murdoch he has eyes everywhere right so attention attention mm -hmm. he can speak magic words Right, he can speak reality. Uh, he, he really can speak reality, um, so that you can see how the scientific spirit is already somehow embedded in that idea, and and this myth emerges. Right, and what I believe now again is happening is in globalization we will have a very similar thing uh, which happened back then, five thousand BC, when we had first cities, and now we will have a uh, meta. Uh, uh, planetary kind of uh, belief system which will be very weird i don't know mm. but but we definitely need to have this shamanic negotiation of what kind of properties does the global species will need right in order to prevent uh, let's say catastrophic war i'm not saying we don't need any war at all but catastrophic war would be bad in order uh, yeah, to survive we need to uh, figure out how our uh, role environmental role will be so i think that is what what shamans now have to figure out the belief systems of how globalism can work and we should learn from 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 mesopotamia there hmm. interesting so you think that it's likely that a, a some sort of global religion um, emerges and that there's a sort of negotiation process the problem is if with that the problem with that is again now the dumber number Remember, yeah. we had tribes, 150 people, right? So yeah, there's problems of city, scale. <laughs> exactly. And, and we seem to have solved it somehow yeah. with cities, mm -hmm. uh, with the Murdoch myth. I don't think we will have, uh, uh, in a sense, a monotheism, because a monotheism on a global scale is an ideology. Um, and we are somehow developing that, but I think that is a very dangerous thing. I don't know the solution, to be honest. I don't mm -hmm. know it. I mean, yeah, it would be hubristic to assume I know it, but I think that is what we need to do. And but I think it, 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 it is what Terence McKenna calls a archaic revival. I think it will be, it, it will be some polytheism again. But one one that is maybe maybe a decentral one. I I don't know. Uh, complicated topic yeah yeah <laughs> predicting the future of that kind of complexity is certainly uh, not straightforward but it will be grounded let, 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 but what i what i definitely believe is it will be grounded in a mystical experience mm -hmm. 
it will be grounded there. It must be. And how interesting. So how do how do you think that that mystical like, do people just start doing a lot of mushrooms? No, uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I really believe psychedelics are a great thing. Mm -hmm. um, however, it should they, they shouldn't be taken as I did uh, without a sacred um, environment. Mm -hmm. And with sacred, I mean there are quite well described uh, properties of a situation that you could con consider sacred. And, and you are a father now. Mm -hmm. was, your, was your birth a mystical experience in a sense? Um, I mean, it, there, there was certainly, uh, it's certainly a transformational experience. I mean, yes, it, and, and, but that is one definition yeah. of mystical experience, by the way. No. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, yeah, it's a, you know, my, my, I don't want to get into too many personal medical details, but it's, you know, it, it was, um, you know, seeing your wife struggle for an extended period of time, but then at the end of the day, um, having the baby and, you know, your, your life is very uh, significantly different than, than, than what it was before and the feeling of vulnerability um, and uh, the need for being responsible. And it, it, it is cer certainly uh, transformative in that, in that fashion. Yes. And, and, this is this is one one definition of Verbeke's uh, continuity of mystical experiences: flow, mystical experience, transformative experience. Mm -hmm. mm, and and many people describe. I, I took that as an example because many many people uh, uh, describe the birth of their child as a mystical experience. Mm -hmm. um, so not not just mushrooms, right? But I'm fine with mushrooms in a sacred context I, I think that's a great thing i think uh, cannabis is actually quite a good psychedelic we we had a chat about that i think mm -hmm. one day um fasting could be great like couple of days fasting um humming going into a dark cave so there are already rituals techniques and and there is still the possibility of grace i mean that is that is the, the <laughs> that is that is the most ridiculous one right where it pops you i don't know when you when you, I don't know, uh, under conditions that have no pattern at all behind them. Mm. So many, many different ways to serendipity. have serendipity. I mean, Viktor Frankl, you, you know, Viktor Frankl? Oh yeah. Man's Search I for mean, Meaning is one of had, my favorite he, books. He had a mystical experience in Auschwitz or yeah. I, in a concentration. I, I don't know if he was in Auschwitz, right? But under, under the worst conditions, so that's that's weird right that's absolutely yeah. weird oh oh for for sure but we need to gonna... we need to open that is that is that is a question i have do we need to have the openness for these experiences right so do we need to allow that there is a religious element in our lives do we need to have that belief system in order to get get to that point mm -hmm. or uh don't we need it? I mean, psychedelics can introduce you without believing in something. Um, but I guess it helps if you have uh, an idea system and a religious system that allows for you to at least open up for that experience. Because then you can have, yeah. like, I don't know, once a week, a mystical experience. 
Well, I, it, it wasn't until I had gotten over my atheism uh, that I had a, a pretty, pretty sizable dose of mushrooms and had a very good mystical experience. Like uh, the yeah. ones leading up to that were very devoid of anything truly positive. And but once I had made it over that hump, somehow, all of a sudden, there was this like, you know, appreciation of the the. the you know, small G gods and, you know, the patterns within nature and, 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 and my role within it. And so, to, uh, so on yep. and so forth. Right. And, so. and, you know, when, when you try to describe it from an objective view, you, you can't, but people still come back from these experiences and say, this is more real than anything I have ever experienced. Right. Which is very weird because you cannot prove it. You cannot explain it. It's ineffable. Um, and and you still say ah it's more real than anything ever period yeah so we just so so we have states of consciousness that uh we have we have a hierarchy of states of consciousness something like that and and hmm. to allow that mystical one uh in into your life uh improves like any parameter of your life i mean uh, that is that is well documented now right it, it, it's i think one of the ways i would describe it is that like the meta the meta patterns of the world will reveal your themselves to you in these states through symbolic representations and exactly. that while they weren't it won't be clear as to what is going on while you're there you're going to have a lot to think about later as you sort out what you experienced at least that that was my experience with a a, a few different incidences both positive and negative yep the, my horror trip was exactly that Yeah. And if you're not experienced enough to do that, um, I mean, I was hurt. I, I had a traumatic, I, I, I had, uh, how do you call it? Uh, uh, compulsive. Uh, Obsessive uh, compulsive? Yeah, yeah, thinking, really. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Myopic so was, thinking where you couldn't stop uh, I couldn't fixating stop, on yes. something. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I learned, uh, why, man, I learned so much from that. So, That the worst day in my life was actually the best. So yeah, that is yeah. a weird thing to say. Oh yeah, for sure. Say. Some of the most traumatic things that I've gone through are, are certainly, and I look back on them, the most powerful and the thing that I've gotten the most out of without a doubt, like exactly. some of the biggest break first. And it took a while to contemplate my way through them, but you know, I think I got there for the most part. <laughs> so, I feel pretty good that I did as well. Yeah. So I let's, hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Until until you realize that you didn't understand something later. Um, so the, speaking of trauma, you know, we we were supposed to start this, um, you know, an hour before we did, and I, I, you had mentioned that maybe we would we would chit chat about this, but you just had a, a, a death in the family uh, quite recently. Yes. Uh, yeah, just this day. I mean, it wow, wasn't my direct family so it was mm -hmm. from like uh uh from my wife's family but more like uh not not blood family that how do you yeah. call that it's more like yeah yeah okay yeah, extended so, family extended family let's call yeah. it that yeah um so and and uh i try to be there right so and 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 um 
this is this is a, another part of reality right the dark pole funny i was not funny i was i was today uh, uh clothed completely in dark everything mm. dark sh black shoes uh black uh, sweater except of this and uh black pants and then the call came <laughs> and can you help and i'm like ah this is insane right and 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 this is a, a universal experience right to to know death and what we need to do is we need to make sense of these experiences right and mm. a materialistic view cannot do that it can when you're a really good materialist but um but but uh so the yeah it was an in intense experience right to be there for other people to see how they battle with their emotions with the relationship which wasn't that easy with that person always yeah um so and and there's a sense of forgiveness because the person didn't make all the things good but then like death happens and then you frame you frame the things the bad things apparently bad things now as oh they were meant good by this person mm. and this is transformative so so yeah and and was a great was actually a great experience because i wasn't yeah. involved emotionally that much right no. yeah i i you know when my mother died and this was about that was a different experience i guess yeah. oh yeah yes obviously much closer than yeah. extended family um I, i could say that it was one of the more transformative experience of my life where you know i i saw my family come together in a way that i hadn't really experienced before and that um And it was, you know, my mother had been sick for a long time and, uh, you know, had a very, I would say a tough decade uh, before, before she died with various illnesses. Um, and it was, it was almost like a relief because of that. Uh, and, 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 but everybody coming together and telling stories about her and honoring her memory and enjoying And enjoying our company in her spirit was uh it was it, it was uh, i'm very glad that they happened like that in in many ways um you know it, it, despite you know wanting her around it was uh it was it was very it's a very interesting experience um definitely but if it is it is a part of life right i mean life a baby or a new life requires some stuff to go right and 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 i think our culture makes not a good job of appreciating the dark side let's say the the the, the death part and uh crisis part and whatever i i've to expand it's on that session it's an obsession with the uh the apollo from from the greek with the white side um and and the other side the devil let's say um the dionysian which mm. is it, it is very worshiped anymore um but it's 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 an integral part of reality it is not something we can transcend it's like the mm. the meta pattern of reality is black and white 
right? Mm. And how these two interplay. And, and, and we, we need to appreciate this. I, I always say the yin-yang symbol is a, is a better description of reality than anything else. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's because I believe symbolic reading of reality is better than, than, than reductionist reading. You know, when, what, what one of the craziest things to me, it's like, was that it, this is just a general observation because I don't think my, my, my family is unique in this way, but you know, I was probably the closest family in terms of distance that my mother had. I was in Massachusetts. She was in New Hampshire. So I was about an hour, hour drive away or so while she, she had cancer. Um, and, you know, but her, you know, her mother lived in Pennsylvania. Uh, my brother lived in, I think, California at the time. Oh, yeah. He might have been in like, away. Georgia or something. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but, you know, and my parents are divorced. Uh, and my, my, it was what it, and then the aunts and uncles all lived all over the country. Also, you know, my uncle's like down in Guatemala. Um, and what it really emphasized to me was how crazy this idea that the people who are supposed to be the most supportive of each other during these critical times were in many ways unavailable. Sure. I mean, not my, my grandmother came home and lived with her and took care of my mom and whatnot. And um, it was, uh, you know, and that was very, very important and helpful. And my mother had friends who were taking care of her too. Cause she was a nurse and had all these nurse friends. It was great assets, but you know, my mother in many ways, when she was sick, you know, repeatedly told me that she didn't want to be a burden and get in the way of my career or all these other things. And like, you know, it, and it just, it emphasized, and, and I think this is a very modern outlook where, you know, that that we're expecting in many ways to outsource this care in some ways beyond immediate family, where like you're sending your kids to daycare, old people go to old people homes, like yeah. you just where this this that black and white that continue the continuity from from birth to death is compartmentalized and taking yeah. care of people yeah. other than family. Yeah. And that is just, it's phenomenal to me that we have how we, grown. How do we get there? How, how did, did we, we get, get there? there? Now, it, exactly. But that, that is, that is, that is, you need to read the, 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 the Ian McGilchrist book, the, the, the master and his emissary. He talks about mm. left, left and right, uh, brain hemisphere and he basically says the left hemisphere is uh, actually the emissary but became the master but it's a very mm. bad master it wants always to control to represent ideas are more important than reality blah 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 um and 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 he he explains how the history developed there um but yeah Honestly, I still don't understand it. <laughs> well, you should listen. When it comes out, I'm going to pitch my second podcast with Shaky, um, where he talks about some of this, how some of these things developed as explicit policy um, by mm. it, it, the UN and the, you know, the Rockefellers and the Huxleys and, you know, population yeah, but, control but I efforts. Would say, I would say I would say it's, again, the scaling issue. Right, it has yeah. something to do with the scaling issue. Too the large sca scale. The scaling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scaling, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it causes it's... the fragmentation, and now we come to this 
to this now i use the myth the word myth as as uh, as myth um as illusion uh, to this idea of the uh, individual atom you are not an individual atom mm, there is right. nothing like that yeah and and uh, we try to replace the tribe with uh, care systems by the government or whatever yes. right and 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 weird safety safety has become uh, a pathological virtue in a in a sense i would say and and again that is that is because we don't want to confront the dragon i would say so well, shaky uh, suggested that part of the policy going back to like kissinger in the 70s was to convince people that they didn't need to have kids um, because they would be taken care of in their old age by you know other somehow else right and, yeah and I, it's I, I i i think there is truth in that 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 it's a top-down phenomena right but it was always supported and bought by bottom up so by the people on the front yeah and uh, and, yes. and so i don't know my kids will not be raised that way you're going to be taken yeah. care of dad yeah <laughs> And you're going to I be mean, taught why <laughs> from a very it's, young it's, age. It's it's the idea of uh, Huxley also, Brave New World. Yes, similar. and it's the same guy. Julian Huxley apparently was like one of the mastermind designers of all of these like population control sort of uh, efforts uh, that got put into the po policy over decades. And his brother wrote Brave New World as a reaction to understanding the direction of these policies. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, honestly, that is something that, that the old Greeks still had. They believed that the beautiful, the true, and the good will always win. Oh, and I, I, I believe that completely. Um, I, and I am, so if we, if we yeah. make religion... Uh, uh, or the tribal thing, religion, shamanic, whatever meaning, right? So all these these synonyms, in a sense. Yeah. We make it uh, if we enter into the marketplace of ideas, which we do now. Which is attract, you because know, it I, has the, this 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 trinity of the good, the true, and the beautiful. And so you don't need to work against something. You just need to uh, revivify these values in your own being. And you will invite it in your own being, and it will be a mystical experience, which, which, which will, uh, yeah, grow every day. Right? It will reverberate through. And My, this is like you've exactly. got. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you went there because this is like you have this sort of like top down, sort of like this is what we're trying to get you to behave. But like you yeah. as a person are first of all responsible for getting yourself in order right to understanding yeah. like these patterns and how you should be operating within them and then once you've got yourself in order in your own head straight and you know for me yeah. 43 took me a while to do this i think still working on it to an extent um it, it, then you can start influencing your immediate family your community outside, so on and so yeah. forth. And yeah. what I like to, and I feel like it's almost like you're living out a, 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 a the mythology of Noah's Ark, where you're saying like, these are the bad oh. things that are happening around us. And yeah. this is the lifeboat that I'm creating for the people that I can help. And I can't save them all. Yeah. Like this is the best I can do. 
exactly. I think Noah's uh, Noah is a great archetype. We should we should embody now. Many yeah. many men should do that. And and I I try to do that. Look, I have imagination where I want to have my family in ten years. And I think they don't even necessarily want that situation. But it is also my responsibility to explain it in the best, not in, as a dictator, but in the best possible manner, why that should be how we co should conduct our family. Yeah. And that is also the responsibility I try to take. And um, so that's a hard there one. There is no alternative, man. There is no yeah. alternative, right? So I, I, I can complain all the entire day about what happened, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't solve the problem. Right. Uh, you can describe the problem entire day elon musk at the end of his his meetings always comes up do we have the solution why why describe the problem further i don't care about the problem i want a solution and so this is this is my spirit here i stop being political i can i can go there i can go there i can make analytical thinking of that but that that it doesn't help me or it doesn't help the people around me so I, what is not in my power i don't care yeah that's that my buddy Oren always reminds me of that it's like how can we know how do you what what does it matter can we do anything about it and i'm like because i'm i'm a bit of a political junkie and i mean but part of part of that to me is i like demonstrating the absurdity of these people like and how obviously obvious hucksters they are and why you shouldn't be buying into what they say and okay, so what you do what you do instead of uh representing the good the beautiful and uh the true uh, the true what you do is uh, an antithesis what you try to display what is the ugly the wrong uh, yes and the false, yeah. which is which is i guess a good way also right but that that necessarily implies that you have the other way also figure out already right it's just if you if you say something it also implies what you didn't say hmm. and in that sense you 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 uh, invite people to see the ugly world which necessarily has uh, the opposite also implied in it even hmm. though you don't make it explicit it's it, it's implicit in your in your models and therefore i think it's good it's also, <laughs> thanks man <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Let's see. Where should we go from here? I got let's 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 change direction a little bit. We'll get out what of time like, is it, the, by the way. How long? Oh, one and a half hours. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. We're it's, it's good. No, no sense of time. That precisely. I lost sense of time after about a half hour, so we're perfect. Um, okay. Another article that you wrote, uh good times good times good equals world class. I really like this one. So if you could expand on I what you mean by that some some practical ideas i i took that from scott adams yeah yeah great guy great books so highly recommended i love this guy. i have like a love-hate relationship with scott adams i think he does so much so well and then he gets out of his league like i guess like all of us politics do, but, yeah. he, he, had, he does a lot of politics but his books are great he screws up the covid thing pretty bad but yeah <laughs> Yeah, politics again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A dark arena. Po uh, COVID is again a complex phenomenon. But anyway, sure. um, so so he has he has the idea. You don't need to become the best in your in in one domain. Yeah. But yeah. rather be the best by a combination of good skills you already have. Yeah. 
Um, one example, my life, right? I'm a scientist, so I understand complex things in a way. Uh, I love soccer. I love it, really. So, and I can sell stuff. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, uh, I, I know a little bit about psychology, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? I, I can talk. Uh, I like people. So it's, it's, and, and if you combine this, right, I become like, okay, you're not the best seller. But you are a good. You are okay. Yeah. You are good. But if you combine it with uh, your soccer experience, oh, you are a good seller in soccer experience. Yeah. And now it comes. Oh, you can explain complicated things, so you can sell algorithms or data analysis or whatever, and that makes you one of the best in that specific niche, right? Yeah. And we are all become obsessed with. Uh, you have to find your niche. Niche. Write about your niche. Nobody specifies this, but I would say come up with, from your temperament and your interests right what does yeah. what, what are you interested in uh what is your personality type right there are free tests i mean ocean is free or archetype uh, yep. personality test figure out what you kind of person you are and then combine these things and put them on the internet because the internet is a constrained free country um And so you will find people who are attracted to your particular world class, let's say, over a long time span. That is why yeah. I have another article where I say consistency is the most important virtue of the Internet. Hmm. And I, I'm lacking it currently, but that's another <laughs> that's another issue. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was telling Shaky, it's like because he's you know, he's a year into doing his thing. And I'm like, look, man, just keep making more content. You just got to be, you know, you know, consistent with it. And I, I keep telling myself that, that also, but yeah, for, I think your analysis is, is spot on. And I actually use that in my own thinking. It's, it's like person, personally, like I, I am not a specialist on any particular thing, except if you want to get into medical billing, which is just this most esoteric thing in the world. Um, but with that said, It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I can have these. The, one of the reasons I'm doing these podcasts is because I think I can have these discussions and I have a, I, I have a, I think a pretty reasonably broad uh, understanding of a lot of different things that are on the, uh, the zeitgeist uh, of these different yeah. spaces that we're talking about. And my hope is to be able to synthesize, synthesize these things and, and have exactly. these and facilitate these discussions. Um, yep. And I've always, you know, I, I've been very fortunate that I, I, I get to have conversations with folks like yourself and um, other other people who I think do a lot more specialized work than I do, uh, than I do and, and, and help uh, uh, bring that thinking in. Uh, um, And, and I'm hoping to be able to present it to a wider audience. Um, and the other, the other thing that I, this is kind of a, a Peter Thiel per, uh, thing that I, I know I, you, yeah, you, you, you enjoy Thiel also. I just think Peter is just such an amazing thinker, such a clear thinker. Um, and he, he's not verbose in any particular way, uh, but has just like Nietzsche, just like the density of his wisdom is just phenomenal. I philosophize with a hammer, Nietzsche. <laughs> Um, and, and one of the, um, one of the things that I think he, he has said is that like, you know, all businesses, the most successful businesses are all monopolies where, yeah. and that what, and that as a, as a independent entrepreneur, and especially as a content creator, you're a monopoly of one. Um, and that all you've got to do is to build 
uh, a base of viewership for that monopoly and find your own voice because at the end of the day nobody it's nobody can really copy you exactly like if nobody it's your own can compete, in- yeah nobody can compete on being you naval is that yeah. i think and so the internet is a is a, a, a long-term a monetization process of your own being if you publish yeah. yourself so I, in the end it's just being publish yourself in any way that is the most easy way for you. Yeah. If you're a designer, do design stuff, write Jack Butcher. Or if you are a good podcaster, talk. That's what, what I think also would shift to because writing is a too large effort yeah. for me currently in, into my life. Um, and so you, you do what you can do. And, and fundamentally, the people will find you anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I tried, I tried starting to write things, but it was like writer's block for me. It was just so difficult to overcome. Whereas like a discussion, it. a discussion, I feel like I'm at my forte. I feel like I could, I could sit and talk to somebody and bounce ideas off with somebody for, for forever, really. Um, but, but, but trying to find the best formulation for a sentence or a paragraph and distilling down for a particular unit yeah, uh, uh, for a one-time publication, just seems like oh, that's maybe one day <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. My wife is very good at that. I, I am not. I, I, I think that has to do with the. So we we talked initially about um, discipline, right? Yeah, and consistency, and the path you should follow is to go uh, to flow like water again, because you want to be uh, to figure out what is natural to you. Yeah, um, and if you are an extroverted pers- person, you will love debates more than sitting in front of a hundred percent blank sheet. <laughs> yes, I actually like writing. What I hate is structure. I hate mm. structure. I just hate editing. I hate it. Yeah, really. When I did my PhD, I think I wrote the first draft in like eighty days. So like nothing. And then it took me like, I don't know, 200 days for editing. So it was <laughs> horrible. And it's very similar currently. So and, and, and why talking? I mean, you cannot edit. You cannot edit your talking, right? Right. And, and there's also not a, I don't think there's nearly as much pressure to be perfect while you're speaking. Like nobody yeah. listens to somebody speak and says like this. They, they understand that it, 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 it's improv, right? Like you're, you're doing the best you can to communicate an idea in the real time. Whereas, you know, you publish something and, you know, you, you, you should have taken the time to get it mostly right. Yeah. But writing improves thinking. And, yeah. and, and I think the best example, John Peterson makes like hundred videos about that, yeah. but look like he's talking. I mean, he gets every word perfectly. Well, correct. he's, he's, like a, he he's has, a special man. He's, he has an IQ probably over 150 or so, but yeah. I mean, anyway, he was he he he's writing probably every day right so he knows that if we talk about good he has in his mind like 10 words for good and yeah. i will pick the right one and this is an insane insane ability and so writing is also um an advantage is a meta i would say it's even a meta uh, skill if you can write you can actually think and if you can think, you can speak. 
the, the compromise I come with, uh, up to or I've gotten to is that I outline things, right? Like I don't fully form. Yeah, I don't fully form the ideas out, but I'll put the structures in there. I'll put in the main points. I'll, you know, and, and that will get me to the point where I've, I've once I've outlined it, I'm almost fully functionally uh, capable of discussing it. Um, yeah. 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 getting that structure down. So since we're talking about writing, I just wanted to bring up, uh, this is just for everybody's benefit here. Uh, you actually turned me on to the book, uh, how to read a book. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I wish I had it on my desk here. I'm looking at it over on the, uh, the bookcase. Um, and I read that and I, it was super useful, uh, uh, yes. uh, book. And I just, what, Maybe just for the audience, like tell tell me like what you got out of that book. Uh, I figured out that if you want to understand a topic, you need to read deeply. Mm -hmm. And with me, and and since we are embodied creatures, we had this right. We need to uh, actively uh, engage into the into the reading. And how do you do that? You have a pen here. You, you see mm -hmm. me with the pen. I'm, I'm yeah. constantly writing here. So I'm scribbling in the book. I have a thought. Yeah. I write it down. Um, I don't do it perfectly like suggested, like really deep, deep diving uh, and, and writing down entire passages or whatever uh, or about passages. But you want to write with your pen in your book. Yeah. People, people are hesitant because they have invested in that book. But I mean, once you, you bought a book, the value of it to resell it, it's like it's gone. Forget it. Yeah. Then get a Kindle, whatever. But you, you have to have a pen while you're reading. And so you connect then ideas, right? You read a word. I, I, I don't have a, do I have a book here? Give me, give me a second. I, I, and then I check a page if I, yeah, I have something. That's a great book, by the way, also about Peter. Oh, one, is that the one that I suggested to you? Luke, because I read that. That's the Rene Girard's. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. You got that independent of me. <laughs> oh, that's so great. It's and, fantastic. And look, yeah, I love it. I just, book. I just, I just show you, like, I have here passages where every, every page is like, uh, let me find something. We have to compare, compare markups because I, I went through that book in the same way. Uh, I have everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, every page. There's something on every yeah. page. Yep. And I connect the ideas and, and I actually, if you read, if you just read, you, yeah. Um, yeah. you are a recorder of already existing ideas. The interesting part in reading occurs when you connect them with ideas you already have and you yes. synthesize them, right? Exactly. So you become a chemist alchemist of ideas uh -huh. yeah. um and 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 that is that is what 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 is what is good reading right mm. that that book had so many interesting thoughts on reading it's like it's like how fast you read and how in-depth you read like don't feel like you have to read every single word and every single page you know you can you can emphasize certain parts of the book the other other things like strategies on like what it means to understand a topic and getting to one of the things that you were saying 
is that you have to read deeply on things. And they're like, look, if you take multiple different books from multiple different representations of a point of view, you can start developing a broad understanding about how things were viewed over time. And, and in a way, it's like it seems obviously true, but it's like I had never kind of thought of it in that way um, on how you should approach a topic to like develop that kind of uh, uh, learning. Because we are not taught to be literate uh, beings. I mean, reading is mass reading is 500 years old. Yeah. 500. That's nothing. Yeah. And the cost of reading really dropped then 500 years ago, but, but separated into the society, let's say the last hundred years. And now with TikTok and it's shorter attention span, I think it, it degrades actually. Yeah. Um, but we are not really taught to read how to read. And um, we think if you just understand the phonetics of a sentence and, and, and maybe the broad meaning that is reading, that's nonsense. Yeah. Right? Because I, reading always exists in a, in a, in a context. I, I feel like if I was 14, 15, 16, something and being introduced to that book on how to oh, read books, oh my God. it would have made right. a huge difference. Yeah. And how yeah. I thought when about when did you start reading? When did you start reading? Oh, I was I I when did I start reading like in terms of a like a lot? Oh, I mean I I since I was a teenager, I'd I'd oh, read a, a pretty good amount, you know. I, yeah. I've always I've always been a re reasonable, uh, you know, not a yeah compared to most people, but not, you know, I'm not, I don't get super, you know, I'm not reading a book a week or anything like that. You know, uh, what is, what is your, how, how many, how much time do you spend a day on reading or a week on reading? Uh, <laughs> you know, depends. I mean, I, I go through periods where like, I'll read like a book or two a week, you know, and then I'll go months without reading a book at all. Okay. Because I, I've made it a habit. Like I, there is no day without opening a book for i mean i read a lot of articles i read a lot yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. like Substack yeah. stuff like that but yeah books in particular like i i pick them up and put them down um yeah and okay. i almost solely read non-fiction uh, me 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 too as a yeah some 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 fiction but not a lot not a lot um i, I tried to do crime and punishment by dostoevsky and i just uh, i have it i have I, it I, here <laughs> I was like, this is one of the greatest masterpieces ever written. And I'm like, I can't tell who any of the characters are because their names are all the same. And this is weird Russian. And that I have troubles as well. But yeah, like five pages in the evening, something like that. I can, I, yeah, I was trying to do a chapter a day for a while and it just like, I don't know. I gave up. I, 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 yeah, my mind wasn't in it. I guess it's a great book, but again, that there, there comes this attention span and investment on book. Right. So if you see an 800 page book, you're like, I'm going to read this a lot. Is this worth my attention? And we are so uh, overfilled with uh, salient stuff, not relevant, but salient. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is an issue. Like this, this entire attention thing is a bad issue. And 
I mean, even for you, for, for you and me, and, and I guess we are like already quite disciplined persons <laughs> regarding reading, more or less. More it is than, hard than to, most to people. <laughs> than most, yeah. But to read an 800-page book is like oh, a lot yeah. of investment, attentional and, investment. You know, I, I find that for, per unit of time, I get the most out of long-form podcasts where... You know, just discussions with people like Jonathan Pagow, Jordan Peterson, Jocko yeah. Willink, you know, a lot of Joe Rogan stuff. Like, yeah, you know, I really feel like I learn a lot that sits with me for a while and I integrate it easily, you know, quite easily. You know, it, it, it seems like I feel like people are more, it's, you know, you would go back in the greeks as far as i understand you would you would watch public debates and and people who would do lectures and that was like you know there really there was very minimal writing like socrates didn't even write anything down you know yeah. um, so but you would learn through discussions and watching public debates you know in the forums and i feel like that's how people learn the best um yeah. is, is through that kind of uh, medium And that is that is again back to um, science and stories, right? I told yes. you. I think the, the the narrative thing is how we transferred information, behavioral information across uh, generations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's that. And now with the the with the internet, and we're really only 10, 12 years into this, um, the ability to do that at scale. Um, is I, I, I feel like when I think about educating my kids, I think about showing them podcasts and discussions and videos and, and, and maybe having a teacher guide them and help them, you know, discuss it and facilitate uh, discussions. But the, like the idea of, you know, you have a bunch of Like, why wouldn't you have them learn from the best person in the world who, who through whatever, you know, voting mechanism has determined that um, than the local person who studied it in undergrad at college, right? Like, yeah. like the, the difference in skill is going to be orders of magnitude, you know? <laughs> De definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, the internet is a... Uh, liberation for teachers in a sense because yeah i mean in europe they are quite well paid teachers um i mean i i think in us not um, uh, it depends on where you go okay. but okay it, anyway yeah let's let's say they are not they are not uh compensated it's not high status year. teachers in the united yeah, states not, is not yes. high status and And actually, it is a high-status position. However, if, if it can enter a market, right, and in the internet is yeah. a free market, right. uh, you, can, you can vote by your attention who should have the, the highest impact. And so uh, it is a mechanism. The internet is a mechanism to improve things and, and improve uh, teaching and whatever. But what we need is to teach people the meta skills of how to integrate, how yes. to write, how to structure your day. You shouldn't start with YouTube in the morning, right? All these different things. Like till 12, you should have deep work, uh, yeah. contemplative stuff. And, and we are figuring it out right now. 
And the people who are willing to go that way will actually have the most benefits early on, but we need to make it uh, dissipate it into, into the society. And, right, and uh, at least in the U S yeah. right now, I, I think it's like child, it's like daycare basically for the most part, that's the primary function of, of most schools is to allow the children to be somewhere safe where hopefully they're getting a marginal benefit while the parents are at work. And I think the primary function of school is not to learn cognitive skills or no, let, let me, uh, it, the cognitive, we, we already learned that the cognitive skills are actually social skills or they mm -hmm. at least stem from that. So the primary reason for school is to become a social being. Yes. That is, that is it's funny because it's not the uh, public reason for a school or, or of a school, but it's the hidden one. Like yeah. when people interact, right? So this is much more important. So we shouldn't go entirely digital in that sense. No, you, um, need, you need to have peer groups. Otherwise, children exactly. turn into monsters. We, 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 we are actually doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have this narcissistic uh, epidemic um, because people have Marshall McLuhan, right? We have our phones in front of us. So the medium addresses our face, not, not the group of people anymore, like the television maybe did with the family. Yeah. Uh, and that is a different dynamic. So everybody has a worldview, uh, his own worldview in that bubble here, uh, in that, uh, on that screen. Huh. And that is That's an a very interesting idea. Yeah. That is an issue. But again, if we can revivify the tribal thing, what I believe is that we have this polytheism again springing up, or you could also say we ha will have multiverses. In, uh, in I mean, multiverses in a sense that you have tribes all over the world yeah. and they share similar ideas. And if you don't, and, and now the interesting thing is how do they still live in the real world? And part of that is this entire idea of moving into the virtual reality, right? What Meta is trying to do. And yeah. I actually think um, for me, it's fine if you want to live in your, I don't know, unicorn world, you should build it on Meta. It's fine. I want to live biological, but it, it, it allows like to uh, escape from the conflict, right? Yeah. From the postmodern conflict, actually, if if <laughs> if you want to have uh, this idea to be true that all interpretations are equal, you have to have a virtual reality in which you can build the laws intrinsically into that sphere. So, yeah, that's we'll, very science fiction. I just <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 see how uh, you know everybody in their matrix pods with their own little universe works out in the long run. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I was actually reading something today about, you know, uh, there's these people who, uh, I mean, I don't know anybody who uses virtual reality stuff to any, any significance. Um, but you know, I was reading about the metaverse folks where some people will sleep with their VR goggles on and they will wake up to, you know, whatever virtual reality and that there are people who are starting to become, you know, spending more time in that world than the outside you know yeah. meat world <laughs> yeah yeah it's similar like uh do you know um inception the movie inception movie? yeah i haven't seen it okay yeah but there are also some people like try to live in a dream world um, mm. rather than in the real world yeah um and funny because you know there is an indian 
a Hindu myth, um, or it's more popularized by Alan Watts. I don't know if you're familiar with, with his work. Uh, he was, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, okay, great yep, guy. I'm familiar. Um, he has this idea that, okay, if you would become God and virtual reality is in a sense becoming God in a way, because you can dictate the rules of the yeah. uh, virtual reality universe. Um, at one point, you would become bored by your, uh, uh, by your power yeah. and you would invent a, a button which says surprise and you yeah. would press it and then you would become a human being again. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> and you would wake up, wake up as, as Jeff or Patrick. So God dreams himself as every one of us, right? Uh, and and uh, yeah, that is, that is a wonderful, I, I love that myth basically. I mean, I think Dostoevsky in Notes from the Underground has a, a more darker interpretation of that, that, you know, if you were, um, can, you know, that man, even if all of his pleasures were taken care of and all he did was eat cake and yes. that everything, you know, and, and, and that the world became completely predictable, that he would. Piano key, I think. He, he, yes, he would burn key. down the world around him just to prove that he couldn't be played like a piano key. It's this long yeah. passage, but it's like, it's, it's one of my wonderful. favorites. It's like that. That's actually one of the ideas um, that white pilled me so much, where you have these these people that think that humans are like ultimately predictable. And I go to myself, Ooh, I don't know, man. I think yeah. you're going to set something off. You're not prepared for if you start behaving that way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is definitely true, but uh, yeah, that's, that's in a way the darker side of that. <laughs> yeah. <myth>. But <laughs> yeah. I regress to the good, the, the true and the, the, the beautiful as my <laughs> ultimate guide. So <laughs> yeah I, I i view i view the white the white pill as the fact that you know that the bad people will learn how wrong they are <laughs> that might be very painful but it will happen <laughs> and that, that to is me is good probably. i mean that that to me is is the light right like that yeah that that there is this you know this, this organizing complexity that, that like you find through religion that tells you how the, the the mysteries of the world to some degree of usefulness, and that those that are violating them, sinning so to speak, will it, it will bring itself back into order, um, one way or another. Yeah, I did. fundamentally that's that's what I also believe. So. I, I, I have enough trust in my mystical experience that they have some truth uh, and what they revealed. Yeah. So I, I guess in the end, everything will play out. I in hear a way. you there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a way, everything will be good. Yeah, it's, um, you know, my, my only struggle is because there do seem like there are, or maybe I don't know if I'm just realizing it more or that this is really a thing that it does seem like the world's going a bit crazy. And, and it's like, we're, we're almost drowning in it these days. Um, and you know, I spend a lot of time contemplating and it's like, how do I keep my daughter or any of my future children, um, from being sucked in by that? Um, yeah. and, and having, you know, and, and, and not having their minds get, um, corrupted at least to, a. a, a a pain, really painful state or too painful of a state 
um, yeah. by the ubiquitousness of these like terrible ideas that seem to be com- yeah. stuck in the popular mind. Yeah, but I would say be a shining example of your own virtues and 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 uh, have trust that those will will actually win, right? Against against the superpower of bullshit. <laughs> in a way I, that that is my bet i don't have anything better to do than than to bet on this I, yeah man i'm right there with you like that that's like that i feel like that is the 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 bet and i almost feel like that that to me is like i don't partic- t- consider myself of any particular known religious face but i do consider myself religious at this point that to me is what i would consider faith in god Yes, let me let me let me. We we should. I should have done that in the beginning. The word religion is not dogma, right? Belief, a system of beliefs. It is religio to reconnect, to rebind. It is an experience. That is the root of the word religion, and we misuse it. I, I, that's always the first thing I oh. tell people. If you say religion, do you mean dogma, like a system of, of propositions and beliefs, or do we talk about an experience? Because if we don't talk about the experience, which actually is the root, the shamanic root, we talk about the mystical root, right? We talk about the uh, dogma and the belief system. And then we have to find different uh we we talk about different things just 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 to be yeah. to be to be right and i've never why, heard why that before correct. yeah that I, that is my most important argument huh. because we misunderstand religion if we don't take the uh the roots the 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 language roots from 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 a religio or religere i think it's in italic or latin something like that um that resonates with do, me incredibly because i don't exactly. like, I, I believe that i've had religious experiences but i do not have a particular dogma that i exactly. uh, follow and that is yes and that is why the zen zen uh cohen goes like uh don't mistake the finger the the finger pointing to the moon with the moon yeah yeah so the experience is the moon and the dogma is the finger pointing to the moon. A good dogma, right, at least. Right. And now we have a lot of wrong dogmas pointing completely not to away the moon, from but, the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, but, that's, uh, that is really cool. Yeah, that's a great yeah. way of articulating that idea. I love it. Yeah. So, so that is why I I don't have any problem with the word religion anymore because I use it in the right in the right sense in in its original sense and not in in this dogma sense because dogma. We can talk all day and 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 disagree about things because you don't you mean something else with a different term than I do, blah blah blah. But we can we we have a shared room of experiences and we can relate to each other about right. That. We need words for that, but fine, <laughs> no problem. Cool. Well, man. This has been really a pleasure. I'm I'm feeling like I want to end it on that note. Because it's, uh, I think that's a really powerful way to leave this, and we've worked through my uh, my list. Unless there is anything else you wanted to chat about, oh, it was, I, I really hope we can do that soon enough again because uh, I enjoy that a lot, actually. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been uh, this. I, I was really looking forward to this. And this was even more fun than I imagined. Oh, that's I, I love that to hear. And, and what I like about so as I watched your first episode, right, with with Alex, what I loved is how you. Uh, yeah, you are such a fun guy to talk to. Right. We talk about these complex topics, but it is it is fun to talk with you yeah and that is that is a gift definitely man so so uh, oh, thank i enjoyed you. it a lot i well, enjoyed I, it a lot i'm having fun right you know we're we're only talking about issues of life or death and heaven and hell <laughs> and but why not have a good time along the way <laughs> oh only that 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 made my day no i think it's a great uh, way to end and and we we do it again absolutely i i appreciate you coming on i'm looking forward you know you're you've You're, you're even more clear. Uh, I think your writings are very clear and compelling, but I think in a discussion, your, your, your level of expression even goes to another level. So I really appreciate you and appreciate your time. And this has been a ton of fun. So we'll do it again soon. Perfect. Jeff, all the best and greetings to your wife. I will I'll send you your best. Daughter, right? Daughter. My wife and daughter, yes. Perfect. Greetings. <laughs> Take care, Patrick. Bye. Bye. Thank you.